if you're going to go to a Phillies game, don't start an Eagles chant. If you start an Eagles chant at a Phillies game, I your fan card should be revoked. I'm sorry. If you participate, your fan card's revoked. You're not a Phillies fan. And when they win, I don't want you to be a part of it. podcast uh, we are your hosts andrew and bob bob how are you feeling today feeling pretty okay uh just like the zoe's are we're, we're pretty okay we're mediocre we're you know we had a 500 hope stand which which is what we talked about last time we hoped or at least i hope for this 500 home stand and we got that so hey we're still in the running for the uh NL East. no one's running away with it yet so I'm pretty content. I mean, you always feel good about your team when someone can use the word mediocre about them. That's that's true sign. This of... is my life as a Phillies <laughs> sports fan, if anything. Uh, well, yes, the Phillies did go 500 on this homestand. Uh, two series against some teams we haven't seen in a few years due to last year's uh, schedule shakeup. So first, the St. Louis Cardinals, a... A classic foe of the Phillies during the the height of the, you know, uh, late two thousands, early two thousand tens playoff runs. Uh, this time, the Phillies, I guess, get the best of the Cardinals overall in the series. They they take two out of three. First game was last Friday night. Phillies offense showed up quite a bit in that game, although they got a little bit of help. Uh, the Phillies take that one nine to two. Uh, a lot of that a lot of that run production came in the second inning. The Cardinals on three consecutive plays had some had some miscues. Uh, there was a ground ball to Paul Paul DeYoung at, at short, and he slipped on the throw to first. Then there was the ground ball to Matt Carpenter at second, and I don't know if he was trying to get a little fancy or maybe tried to rush the play. Either way, trying to get the double play, and he let the ball trickle into right field. And then I think the most um, the one the one that might be the most egregious perhaps is the best word maybe there's a better word out there but i don't have a dictionary handy uh there was a fly ball out of center field uh that the center fielder williams i had to look that name up i apologize williams if you're listening to this uh williams lost the ball in the sky and it drops in center field philly score a run uh they go on to score five more there uh we had a a gene seguro got the double on that on that fly ball uh, Eflin gets hit by a pitch. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon singles and Bryce Harper doubles. That's how the Phillies score their six runs in that inning. Um, later on, JT Romuto would hit a home run. In the end, Zach Eflin goes seven innings, gives up two earned runs, and those two earned runs came because he tried to come out for the eighth inning, uh, gives up a double and a home run, and then Joe Girardi pulls him. And then following Eflin, Connor Brogdon, and Brandon Kinsler come in, give up no runs, close out the game. So game one is a is a win for the Phillies. Bob, any uh, any takeaways from that game? Well, uh, you know, first of all, Mother Nature hates uh, Bryce Harper. Ah, uh, uh, yes. M- robbed Bryce of two home runs. Yes. Uh, the win knocked the one down at the in the first inning and right field at the wall. And then uh, in the fourth inning, just at the warning track, it dies in left center. 
Um, but we did ruin uh, Nolan Arenado's 30th birthday, which when I heard he was turning 30, I was like, great. Me and him are the same age, and we're in separate places in our lives, right? If people, people always say, are you Nolan Arenado? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm Bob. I do a podcast with Andrew. <laughs> So it's a classic mistake. It's classic mistake. I mean, people see you at the ballpark all the time. It's it's easy to you know yeah. easy to confuse you guys. You know, I, yeah. I completely understand mm-hmm. all um, the time. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, sometimes you know you also need a little luck to win a game. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that those those three just really random back to back plays mm-hmm. and uh, center field. We'll get to it later, but center field was an adventure. Uh, this homestand on a number a number of, of occasions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but yeah, it I, was. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Bryce because I I did not write that down on my notes here, but yeah, we we talked about it as it happened. Yeah, Bryce. Had that been a you know a warmer night or a less a less windy night, yeah, Bryce would have been walking away with at least two home runs, and he already had the double. So, um, but I don't think it hurt him too much because as we'll as we'll talk about a little bit later, Bryce is uh, Bryce has been off to a pretty darn good start this year. So. Um, it was a great game all around. Yeah, but unfortunately, in the next game, the team themselves weren't all that uh, all too hot. Uh, we started off. Matt Moore gave up walks to the first two hitters in that game. By the way, the final score of that one: uh, Cardinals nine, Phillies four. On a on a chilly Saturday afternoon, I know because I was freezing, and yet I stuck it out through all nine innings because I am a glutton. You're a man. Person. You're I'm, you're a manly man. We all know this. Well, I'm a glutton for punishment, you know, and uh, or I'm an idiot. Uh, so Matt Moore walks the first two batters that he faces in that game. Caleb Cotham comes out and uh, gives him a little pep talk. And from for the next uh, five or six batters, he was he he regained his uh, composure and, and set them down in order. Um, I remember there being there with my buddy Matt, and you know, we kind of noted. Sometimes I wonder what goes on in these pitching meetings or, you know, mound visits because a lot of times it seems to work. And I don't know what could go on in that, you know, 20 second conversation that could completely, uh, you know, hey, Matt, change. Hey, you're pitch. a pitcher. Uh, you do better, better stuff. Yeah. Oh, thanks, I, mean, thanks, thanks, <laughs> I mean, that's basically what we said. What, what else could have been said other than, hey, uh, throw a strike? Like, I, I, but you know what? You know, guys might you know, need a little, a little, um, just pep talk or whatever in the moment and it helps out and it like i said it helped matt Moore out for the next inning and a half or so uh but in the third inning it all unraveled um he gives up ends up giving up five earned runs five walks to the cardinals uh, i believe they scored six overall um jojo romero comes in and does not fare much better uh, he gives up three earned runs total and just a third of an inning pitched um, from that point on, Vince Velasquez, David Hale, and Hector Neris all come in. They combine for six innings pitched with no runs allowed. Uh, the Cardinals leave that day with four home runs. Uh, both cases, they were back-to-back home runs, um, both times including Yadier Molina, who doesn't seem to be uh, losing his power or anything at the plate. I think when they left it, when they left town, he was still hitting well over 300, and those were home runs number three and four for him on the year. Um, for the, on the Philly side, Alec Bohm had two RBIs that game, but just overall, not a, um, not the best showing for the team, uh, on that Saturday. Did you, uh, did you pick out anything from that game that was, that was worth noting or, um, a, a couple of things, yeah, uh, just the, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, but the offense struggled <laughs> again, <laughs> uh, the young season one for 10 with runners in scoring position, uh, 11 men left on base, uh, 13 strikeouts. 
Uh, that was the ninth time uh, this season that they had over 10 strikeouts. Uh, that, was, that was their 14th game of the year, and they struck out uh, over 10 times nine of those 14. Um, Harper didn't play. He hurt his back, right. uh, so they missed him. Um, but I'm, I'm done with Matt Moore. Um, I'm ready to give uh, Spencer Howard a chance in the rotation. Uh, also, I have a couple names who are free agents. Let me run them by you, Andrew. Let's see if you would prefer any of these guys over Matt Moore. I bet I recognize one of them pretty well. Uh, Rick Porcella. That's the one. No, that's not really the one. Uh, uh, Mike Leak. Okay. Or, I don't, I don't know if you heard this guy. He used <laughs> to play here. Um, I think he won a World Series with, with us. I, I don't remember. Um, let's see if we get the name right. Cole uh, Hamillos. Great. That was excellent. Some people struggle to get that name out there. And Bob, I, I mean... Nolan, I'm sorry, I forget who you were, but that was a great that was a great job pronouncing that name because uh, it's not easy. Did I get it right? The, the, the name? <laughs> oh, King Cole, Cole Hamels. That's that's a few times I've heard his name floated out there. Um, uh, would you like me to give my opinions first, or would you like yes. to? Yes, okay. I would. I am staying away from Cole Hamels. Uh, he. Was injured. I mean, he missed all last year with an injury. You know, Braves gave him money. Mm-hmm. Although maybe, maybe it was all you know an elaborate plan for um, Mr. Hamels to get the Braves to pay him and to do nothing because he did not pitch. I don't. Did he pitch at all for them? I don't. I don't think he did. Um, uh, for the Braves. Yeah. He yeah. played a game. I think he had a couple of innings, and then he had he hurt his shoulder. Okay. In spring training, and then they were trying to rehab it while they were on break. I think he played like. One game with only a few innings, he re-aggravated it, and he never pitched again that season. Yeah, I um, I don't know. He's he's older. Um, yeah, he's thirty-seven. Yeah, and you know injury concerns because I I think he was, I think he was hurt before that too. I think he was hurt before the the shoulder um thing. I I don't know. It just seems to all be a be adding up on an aging body and yeah um yeah I'm yeah. not um I, yeah, I'm not on board. Yeah, I'm not on board for the reunion. Um, I'm I'm curious though for the other two. If you, I'm assuming you have some uh, some cool statistics to throw at us. So I'm. Uh, I'm I mean, ready to I hear would them. prefer any of the three over Matt Moore right now because he's just not getting it done. Uh, actually, the guy I like most uh, of these three is is Mike Leak. Uh, 33 years old. He had a combined ERA of 4.29 in 2019. Uh, he played in, with Seattle and Arizona. I don't believe he played last year. I think he set up the year. Um, Rick Porcello, you know, I would, you know, I would take him over Matt Moore right now, but um, he's, he had an ERA over five the last couple of years he's pitched. Uh, he had the anomaly in 2016 where he won Cy Young. Um, yeah, I mean, if the, if they brought him in, I think, like I said, he'd be a better option right now with Matt Moore not giving you anything. Um, but I would lean towards uh, Leak first, then probably Hamels, then probably Purcell. Well, I will. Um, I'll agree off the bat that um, I think Matt Moore's time in Philly is probably done. And I know it sounds like we're complaining very early because he's only what's that his third start. But yeah, yeah, they're just it's a shame too because in spring training he had a couple starts where it was like, wow, okay, maybe he's got a little bit of that um, 
little bit of that edge back that he had early in his career, but it just, yeah, it has not worked out. And um, and, and even Spencer Howard, I like to see Spencer Howard get a, a shot. Well, uh, yeah, and I think that's what where I was where I was going to head next is I, I right now they're going with Vince Velasquez out in Colorado, which we'll talk about later when we when we look ahead. But um, uh, yeah, I, I would like to see Spencer Howard get starts rather than be coming out of the bullpen like he has. And I think right now he's in the bullpen just out of necessity rather than um, that being where they want him. But going back to your free agent list, I I I'd like to hold off a little bit longer. Let's let's get mm-hmm. closer to the to the summer months before mm-hmm. we just because like you said, we have Spencer Howard and you know, apparently we're gonna give Vince Velasquez his shot at the, the rotation again. So um I I don't think anybody I don't think those are any names that are gonna be heavily sought after just yet. No, I don't know no. of anyone that's that's desperate for and I don't I don't think we're desperate per se for starting pitching either because you know, we've got our top three guys. You know, Wheeler's got his, um, you know, things he might have to work through. But right now, they're they're a solid top three. Um, and Chase Anderson, I mean, he's he's looked pretty pretty okay for a fourth or fifth starter. So um, I think there's just one spot that's that's up for grabs right now. And um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm okay with uh, hopefully eventually getting Spencer Howard in there. Um, and then if we want to talk a little more about starting pitching, we can head into Sunday's game where the Phillies were able to take the series. They defeated the Cardinals two to nothing in that one. Uh, in the first inning, Bryce Harper hit a 425 foot home run into the Monster second shot. Deck. Yeah, it was an absolutely beautiful swing. Um, that went into the second deck in right field. And it turns out that would be the only run the team needed because Aaron Nola throws his first, I'm going to call it his first career uh, complete game shutout. He had one last year that was seven innings, and even he himself said it. It really didn't count in his own hands. Yeah. So he seems he seemed pretty relieved to 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 get it done. Um, he 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 walks away with obviously nine innings pitched, ten strikeouts, only two hits allowed. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's as dominant as a start as you can ask for out of your ace. And um, I think he earned the title ace. You know, there there always there always are questions about his his is he an ace or is he a you know, high number two. I, I still consider him an ace. I, it was a hell of a performance and, you know, maybe something that will propel him into a pretty nice long streak as we get into the hotter weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was phenomenal. Um, you know, he was the best I've seen him um, probably ever. Um, I'm sure somebody could be like, yeah, he was Better at this game. Okay, whatever. He was in my recent memory. He's that was the best I've ever seen him. Um, and we need that kind of performance, and hopefully we get those uh, out of all three of those top guys. Uh, we could have the debate. We'll probably debate this all season of who's the ace of the staff because uh, I really think that uh, Eflin has done a really good job. We will get to his start later in the later on, but uh, you know we needed that kind of game for Noah. Uh, to bounce back and, and give us this series win. Um, but again, don't want to be negative Nancy, but that seems to be my title here. Uh, only six hits um, for the Phillies that day. I know they didn't need much offense with Noel cruising. Um, three of those hits came from Harper. Uh, one from JT, one, two from Segura. Uh, they were nine left on base and one for five with running score position. I keep waiting for like a extended streak 
of this offense to come alive for longer than a game here or there. Uh, hopefully we get that with the weather, like you said, heating up later in the summer. Well, yeah, and it, and it could help when they uh, when they head out to Colorado next, you know, that gigantic ballpark. They always have fun games in Colorado. There's always, yeah. like, interesting offensive games. Yeah. There's the give-me-to-the-plate game with Ryan Howard. There's always mm. fun uh, games in Colorado that mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing them play this weekend. Absolutely. Um, in between those, uh, in between the Cardinals and that, that Rocky series we're talking about, the Phillies did play the San Francisco Giants, and that mm. meant... That yes, another team that um, probably even more so than the Cardinals really made themselves a villain here in Philadelphia during those those peak years of this team, um, you know, in the in the 2010 area. Um, but it also marked the return of your favorite manager and mine, Gabe Kepler, <laughs> brought his team brought his team back back to Philadelphia. It was his first time back since leaving after the 2019 season. Uh, that game. Uh, did not go well for the Phillies. Giants take that one two to nothing. Chase Anderson got the start for the Phillies there. Goes four innings, could have gone longer. Gives up two earned runs. I say he could have gone longer because in the um, bottom or the yeah bottom of the fourth inning, no bottom of the fifth inning, I can count. Um, he got pulled because Alec Bohm walked. Gene Segura doubled. Um, so they you know they had guys in second and third with nobody out, and with the offense being as as barren as it has been. Um, and then Nick Maton uh, making his debut, by the way, and Mickey Moniak striking out. Um, it was Chase Henderson's turn to bat, and Joe Dory felt that he needed to do something to try to get some offense going. Puts in Brad Miller, and I believe Brad Miller also struck out. So didn't come up with any runs there. They wouldn't score any more runs the rest of the game. Um, on the flip side, the Phillies bullpen also kept the Giants quiet the rest of that game. Um, but the Phillies do come away with a loss. Um, I know, Bob, you could use this game as a springboard for bringing the DH into um, the National League. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, um, you know, Anderson probably could have gone another inning or two and, um, you know, had a really solid, would have really had a solid, I mean, he still did have a solid start. It was only four innings, but I think we all know he could have gone longer. Um, not sure there was a ton to take away from this one, other than Nick Maton making his debut and and getting that first hit of his career. That was that was cool to see. Yeah, I mean there was that wild catch uh, by Moniak uh, in the second, uh, where I think he mouthed afterwards. Uh, I didn't think I had a chance. Uh, yeah, he, he he lost it. Then luckily he used the uh, Harper and Cutch to kind of line himself up to where mm-hmm. the ball was. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he has good closing speed. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see that later on this in the series with another catch of his, yeah. but um, you know he did recover. It was kind of awkward, but he he did get it. Uh, offenses still struggled. Uh, I think this is the yeah. I think this is the game where you texted me about the bottom three of the lineup being like all pitchers. I think, I think that's what you said. I essentially yeah because um yeah like I said Nick Nick making it yeah Nick Maton's debut Mickey Moniak in the center field and then the pitcher spot yeah it just um. Well, well, just to give everybody an idea of why Mayton was starting, Didi, I think it was in the Sunday game, um, made a catch or landed, landed trying to make a catch on his throwing arm and, and was banged up a little bit. Yeah. It sounded at first like he would only miss that one game, but you know he ended up missing the entire Giants series. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we don't see him on the DL soon. But, but yes, going back to your original point, yeah, Mayton Moniak and the pitcher spot. 
uh, wasn't anything formidable uh, in my eyes. No, I, I think I calculate the, the box score. I think with uh, those three plus pinch hitters, they were a combined one for 11 mm-hmm. yeah. that game. Uh, so yeah. not not great. Mm-hmm. They, they ran into a very you know, hot Kevin Gossman. He's kind yes. of the ace of the uh, giant staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a 245 ERA, so he's, he's not, not, a, not too bad of a pitcher as Kevin Gossman, so you got to give props to him. Um, but yeah, he talked about Chase. He's he hasn't gone past five innings in any of his three starts. Um, he threw seventy pitches, uh, so he probably could have went maybe an inning or two. Uh, but he does throw a lot. He throws like I think I looked up his last couple of games. He's thrown between seventy and eighty something pitches, only making it through five once. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not. It's it's weird. I think it's not great that he's doing it, but he's. Also, he's only given up two runs each of those three starts. So he's not hurting you. He's hurting you in a way where you have to use your bullpen more. But he's not like Matt Mourning up where he's only lasting a couple of innings and giving up six runs. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm so-so with Anderson. He's doing the, you know, an adequate job. Um, no need to panic about him. I wish he could stretch it out a little bit longer, at least get to six. So we can uh, shorten that bullpen up because... Um, you hope the the top three have strong games, but we've seen them struggle. So you, I would like to keep the bullpen as fresh as possible. Uh, moving on, but like I said, Nick Maton has first big league hit. Also, it was uh, Gene Segura had his two hundred double. Mm-hmm. We had a nice slide to avoid the tag, uh, and there was a nice ovation for him. Um, so very, very wild game, and with the catch and. Uh, it's just, it was just kind of a kind of a weird one where it was like I just wish the offense was more consistent and we would have won that game. Yeah, I mean, the, if the Phillies just you know had scored three runs scattered throughout the game somewhere, they would have taken that one. You know, they they held the Giants in check to just those two runs, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. So they dropped that first game of the series, and they end up dropping the second one as well. Uh, Giants come away with the win there, ten to seven. Nick Maton, like we said, he he. Got a hit in his debut in that first game. And in this game, he gets his first RBI. Hits an RBI double down the right field line, which ends up scoring uh, Mickey Moniak, who had a hit. Uh, I think that was his first hit of the season, right? It was first hit of the season mm-hmm. and first hit by a center fielder mm. uh, since April 9th. So it yeah. broke an eight-game hit streak for center fielders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was a great little sequence there. Uh, he, yeah. The single by Moniak, and then you saw the wheels with how fast he can run from first to home. So... Uh, it was a nice little uh, maybe future glimpse if these guys can can find a way to pan out. Yeah, it was it was it was very quick. You know, between uh, Mickey getting on base, Maton's hit, uh, it felt like they scored a run there. Um, you know, all within a minute. It was yeah, it was, and, it was pretty and cool. speaking of quick, that that first pitch of the game was the a shot uh, to left yes. center. That's when the uh, uh, had that nice closing speed to make that diving warning track catch. Yeah, great um, point. So, mm-hmm. so um, I want to see more of Mickey Moniak. Uh, I could just because I'm curious of if he could be um, a solution for them long term, or, or if they have to look elsewhere. Um, yeah, you know, he's was never on over a pick years ago, uh, so I'm just very curious. I know he's hasn't looked great. Um, over his last, over his first few days uh, with the big league club this season, um, 
But I personally would like to see more of him just to see what we got. Well, and as we as we wrap up the series and we get into game three, you'll see, I think with each game, he, he kind of improved. He was a little sluggish with the Cardinals, but as the Giants series went on, you know, he had bigger and bigger things happen, and, and we'll get more into that as we get into the third game. Um, but to wrap, up yeah. The, yeah, to wrap up the second game here, Brad Miller hits a three-run home run, uh, puts the Phillies up 4 nothing. And then for the Giants, we get some home runs hit by your friend and mine, Buster Posey, and then another one from Tommy LaStella. Um, but then in the yeah. bottom of that inning, Alec Bohm would follow that up with a home run of his own, and then it uh, gives the Phillies a six to three lead. And by that point, it felt pretty good. You know, you're in the fifth inning, six three lead. Mm-hmm. Bullpen has shown that they're capable of of closing the door. So, at, at least in my opinion, it, I, I felt pretty good at that point. Um, however, Connor Brogdon comes into the game, who has been Solid all year. What was it? Fifteen and a third. Fifteen and two thirds score. Fifteen and two thirds score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, that would end here. He gives up three run home runs to both Alex Dickerson and Wilmer Flores. So yeah. suddenly the Giants are up ten to six. And one thing I found interesting—I don't know if you saw this—but I believe it was maybe Jim Salisbury. Somebody did an interview with Connor Brogdon, kind of getting his, you know, his take on what happened there. Well, it turns out he grew up. I mean, minutes away from. Um, you know, at t Park, minutes oh, away right. from the Giants. Yeah. Um, so he, he was kind of shell-shocked. He said his changeup was working great in the pen, and then once he came out to the game, it was almost just like um, – it was almost just like kind of when some people meet, you know, these these celebrities that they love, mm-hmm. and they you, know, you kind of clam up, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe and, – and that's kind of what happened to him there. He was just the shock of pitching against this team that he – um, I don't know if he outright said it, but I'm assuming he grew up rooting for. And not that long ago, he's a young guy, so he probably was, you know, at the parades when they won those World Series. Oh, absolutely. 10, yeah, 12, yeah. And, and there's still some guys on the team who mm-hmm. won the. You know, you have Posey, uh, you know, Belt. And, you know, you still have guys on this team who are who mm-hmm. won World Series with uh, the club. Um, but yeah, I I have a couple couple of things here. Uh, we were he let up. There's three home runs he let up. They're all balls that are uh, high in the zone. The second one by, by Posey, I think, is more amazing that Posey hit it out. It was like yes, sort of high exactly inside, and, yep. he, and he had to like really get his hands around in there fast. Um, but the first one, the Posey, and the one to the, to the Stella, those were just like hanging, just please hit me um, fastballs, which, you know. He didn't. Uh, he didn't look very sharp. He was missing location. You can see JT would set up one area and it would end up in another area. Um, and then I, I want to ask you a question. How did you feel about uh, Joe's usage of Brogdon? I mean, he left him in there for uh, a while. I had the whole sequence of his of his outing. If you want me to read through that. Uh yeah, you go ahead and read it. I I I have my thoughts, but let's um yeah, let's go through the sequence if you like. So he he comes in, in the eighth. He starts the eighth. Uh, he gets uh Yushchevsky the two fly out to left field. Uh, then he gets uh then Lagoria doubles. Then he walks Brandon Belt. Then there's a mountain visit, and then right after the mountain visit, he gives up the first three run home run, uh to Eric Dickerson. Now after that, he gets up a single to Buster Posley. There's another mountain visit, um. And then after that, he gives up another single to Brandon Crawford. And then he gets a uh, slater to a ground out. Um, but then he gives up a, another three-run home run to Wilmer Flores. And then he gets pulled. 
So I, I think he was kept out there a little too long for my liking. Uh, what about you? Well, yeah. So we'll start off with you know being brought in in the eighth inning. I think it was the absolute right move to bring him in there. You know, oh yeah, he's he's been solid, and we've talked about on on our on our show here that if he can keep this up, he's absolutely in line to to be a setup guy and possibly even a closer in the future if you know if his stuff continues to improve. Absolutely, um, yeah. So, and I think they even made a mention of it on the broadcast. I, I distinctly remember Tom McCarthy saying, and me agreeing with this, that Brogdon has earned the right to to not only be put in there in a, in a situation like this, but also the chance to get himself out of it. Um, so after that first three-run home run, um, I believe the Phillies, it put the Giants ahead. I'm, I want to say seven to six, or maybe it was tied six, six. Um, but either way, um, I think after that first home run, it made sense to keep him in and let him try to get himself out of it, you know, rebound from, from a home run like that in a, in a Mm -hmm. tight spot. Uh, then, yeah, after that, it, it, it got a little like, okay, you know, what's, what's going on here? Why, why continue to let him, you know, get shelled even more. Um, and that's not to say whoever would have come in would have would have cleaned up and and not given up another home run or any more mm-hmm. runs. But yeah, it's weird because um, Girardi has, seems to be pretty good about um, well everything that it, when it comes to coaching. But he seems to be pretty good at bullpen management, and that was a little bit confusing. But I think it's also justifiable. You know, you're trying to get this young guy who you know, clearly has the energy and, and has the stuff and just trying to get his head right. Because let's say he had, you know, come back from that home run and um, even the next couple base hits or base runners that he allowed, you know, let's say he gets out of it without giving up that home run. You know, I think that's kind of a confidence boost of, hey, you know, maybe I did give some stuff up, but I was able to knuckle down and, and really, um, you know, bring things home. It didn't work out, but I, I'm guessing that was probably Girardi's mentality there was, just try to give this kid some confidence after he, you know, gives up a home run like that. But um, just to close out this game, Hoskins did hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth uh, to make it 10 seven. Uh, but that would be it. Um, yeah. And I, you brought it up with Wheeler. I have in my notes here. Wheeler did start strong. I think the first two innings he threw maybe 20 pitches, 19 pitches. So he started yeah. off really well. He started off uh, really well. I don't think he got his first strike out to like the third or fourth inning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was, he was pretty solid. He was motoring along and then, uh, yeah, I think it's just a, a few bad locations. You can, if you watch it again, you can see um, JT was to see him set up elsewhere and just see hangs those pitches uh, just in the wrong spots. Um, so I, it wasn't a horrible. I went I went labeled as a horrible outing because I don't think he was in, he was all out bad. I just think he made some really bad pitches at really bad times. Um, you know, which is you know he wasn't like. He didn't have the bases loaded every inning. He just, mm-hmm. you know, got into a little bit of a jam late in the game and uh, made a few mistakes that cost him dearly. Yeah. Uh, so with that, it sets up the last game of that series. Uh, yesterday afternoon, the Giants come in with a chance to sweep. Phillies looking to avoid it. Phillies end up eking that one out. They win six to five. Uh, avoid Gabe Kapler's wrath. Uh, Zach Eflin goes six innings, giving up just the one earned run. Um, worth noting that there was a 45-minute weather delay. Um, it got pretty nasty and, and pretty quick. It was, it was, you know, great weather. It was sunny out. It was in the 70s, and it, it, it felt nice to be at the ballpark. And then within minutes, it was windy. It was 
getting colder and you could just tell it was the skies were about to open up. So uh, yeah, about a 45 minute delay and, and both pitchers ended up coming back out after, um, after the delay. Uh, before that delay, uh, as we said, Mickey Munia continued to improve or, you know, have better um, instances coming through, through each game. He hits his first major league home run. It was a three run shot um, out into left field. Um, it was nice to see. It was nice to see him, um, you know, contribute in a big way, and and that has to be a, a big confidence boost for a guy, you know, who, who who looked a little lost out there last year when he came up, and you know, these first couple of games didn't produce much. So um, that's got to be, you know, a great feeling for him to, um, you know, to hit that. Uh, we move ahead to the seventh inning. Brandon Kensler comes in, um, looking to continue Eflin's strong start. Uh, unfortunately, he would give a th- give up a three run home run to fan favorite Darren Ruff, making his return to Philadelphia. Um, you know, puts a Man. nice shot out in the center field, uh, so that ties things up at four. And JoJo Romero would come in and try to try to end that inning, um, and he almost did, but a rare error by Andrew McCutcheon out in left field, and it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a, uh, it was a routine fly ball. I mean, there was nothing special about it, and. Yeah, he just flat out dropped yeah. it. Yeah, he even tweeted about it after the game. He he said, "Yeah, that, that's on me." You know, he he tweeted something about he tweeted something like, uh, "Squeeze the ball, cut." He's like, "Yeah, I know, it's, <laughs> that's on me." And and who be better? So he uh, he took it in stride. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that like, you're like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. damn. Yeah. So Romero ends up giving him giving up another run after that. Um, so then we head to the bottom of the seventh, where the Phillies are down five to four. And your superstar, Bryce Harper, comes through and um, you know picks his team up, hits a solo shot out to right center field, just gets over the wall, and it ties the game up at five, uh, which then leads us into the ninth, where we uh, see backup catcher Andrew Knapp come through. Uh, he's got runners on first and second with one out, and on the first pitch he sees, knocks it out in the left field. Alex Dickerson can't make the throw home. Bryce Harper swipes his hand across home plate, and uh, closes out the homestand with a walk-off win. So the Phillies end up going three and three on the homestand. Not ideal. I mean, it's 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 better than you know losing four out of six or losing five out of six. But that's true. Um, uh, you know, you you want to win. You want to win every series at home. Sometimes it doesn't always work out. So you know, we'll, we'll take three three and three on the homestand um, as is. So overall, any um, any big takeaways from you on this um, on this six game homestand? I like the fact that uh, Maton and Moniak uh, sort of uh, found more of their stride later on. Uh, we talked about, you know, the fact they're, they're going out to their, the day off today as we're recording, and then uh, they're going off to Colorado. So um, hopefully they can ride that into Colorado and maybe we see some more power from the team. Um, overall, I, it was a, like I said, it was a pretty decent uh homestand it, it did uh what they need to do to, to sort of stay in the mix luckily for for us uh no one in the NOEs is running away with it um we're like a half game out of first behind the Mets um there's some things I would like to see more of obviously I want to see the offense sort of hit its stride and do it on you know back to back and multiple occasions not just like here and there gone tomorrow um you know, back talking about if you go back to the the first game of the series, um, a moment that I loved was the fact that 
uh, we saw Reese walk. Um, he walked at a very key moment, and, and I want to see more from Reese walking, um, especially if Joe's going to put him in the two hole. Um, get on base, make, make him make people make people pitch to Bryce Harper, make people pitch to JT Ramoto and Eric Bohm, um, who had his home run the other day was just an absolute Magnificent. shot. Mm-hmm. That was just I think he has ten home ten RBIs already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who leads the team. I wouldn't be surprised if it was him um, right now. But a lot of positives. Um, not a whole lot of negatives. There was a you know a couple of you know bad pitches by some by some guys. But um, yeah, I I like where we are, and uh, hopefully we can take it to another level. I will say one more thing, uh, Spencer Howard. I think he deserves a shot in the rotation. We're going to talk about um, the next series coming up, but he had an inning and a third scoreless. Um, I think that was a good audition for him to hopefully um, open some eyes, and, and hopefully I'd like to see him replace Matt Moore in the rotation. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point, um, and I'm I'm sure next week when we record we'll um... – We'll know a little more because we will see Vince Velasquez starting out in Colorado. Uh, one thing I want to touch on because you brought it up there at the end, um, just looking at the NL East, uh, to give everybody an idea of what's what's going on the last week there. Uh, the Braves visited the Cubs and Yankees. Uh, they took two out of three from the Cubs, and then they split with the Yanks. So um, you know, they go three and two on the last in the last week. The Mets traveled to Colorado, uh, where they went two and one. And then they also went and played the Cubs, where they uh, lost two. I think they played one more tonight. Uh, the Nationals welcomed the Diamondbacks into Washington. They go two and two there. They also welcome the Cardinals. They take two out of three against them. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's four and three on that homestand for the Nationals. And then the Marlins welcomed the Giants into Miami, where they took two out of three. Then they split two with the Orioles, going one and one. Um, so yeah, nobody, nobody in the East really, you know, making a lot of ground this week. Um, everybody was 500, 500 or above. Um, mm-hmm. And as the standings are right now, there's a game and a half between first and last place. So throw a blanket over the East. There's, um, you know, there's, there's not a ton you can pull from the standings at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, you know, these losses hurt, but you also have to remember in context, you know, it's last season. Long season, this division is an absolute juggernaut. You know, mm-hmm. we were already seeing that the Marlins and Nationals could could be contenders, and the Braves might not be as as strong as we thought. So there's there's a lot going on in this division, and I don't know that we're going to see anybody pull away anytime soon. There's um, it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be ugly, um, and you mm-hmm. know, losses within division are going to hurt. But you know. It, you do have to remember that it is a long season and there's plenty of time to to make things up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, just looking ahead to this weekend, uh, the Mets host the Nationals this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, the Braves host the D-backs, uh, and the Marlins are out in San Francisco playing the Giants. Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm laughing here because I'm looking at uh, Grom, who has an ERA of .45 and is <laughs> one and one. It's just yeah. like, how... How do you not win? Like every start he he pitches, he's just yeah. been so laser focused and lights out over the last couple of seasons. Um, it's just it's just so funny to see a guy with a ERA under one uh, have a loss. And well, uh, 
to, to bring up somebody that we mentioned earlier in the podcast, wasn't that a problem that Cole Hamels had when he was here where, you know, he was having these lights out starts and the mm-hmm. Phillies offense just did not support him. And it just, whatever it is, I don't, you know, guys might go into the game thinking, Oh, you know, we don't need to put much as much effort in, you know, we know that our, you know, Hamels or DeGrom's going to put up these huge numbers and we don't need to produce as much, but you know, obviously it hurts when you've got a guy that's got an ERA that low and you're just not winning for him. I did. I do think they ended up winning that game out in Colorado in the in the top of the seventh or something like that. So yeah, I think they they come back by the the team. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we're we're going out to see the Rockies. They're only six and twelve on the season, so hopefully we can take two out of three, if not sweep uh, out there, and uh, hopefully with the Mets and uh, Nationals. Battled out enough to where we can. Who knows? Maybe we can be back in first place by the end of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So one guy uh, that I want to take a look at. We mentioned his name a few times um, for this homestand because he he played so well. Actually, we probably should have mentioned more, uh, but we'll do some justice here. Bryce Harper, your thirteen-year, three hundred thirty dollar, three hundred and thirty million dollar man. Thirty dollars, wow. Yeah. What a steal. <laughs> he made thirty dollars in that. You know, in the time it took me to say that, actually, he probably made more than that. Um, just to take a look at his his number so far, because he has been unreal to start this season, and that's you know putting it bluntly. Um, taking a look at his baseball savant page, which gives some um, real deep, real deep um, statistics about his season, just to give you an idea of of where he he you know where he stands. So mm-hmm. his uh, expecting slug expected slugging percentage which is you know when he, when he puts a ball in play what what you're expecting his you know slugging to be um he's in the 100 percentile so he is his mm-hmm. expected slugging percentage is as high or higher than anybody else in the league and i i mean that's that's incredible um expected batted average expected batting average uh 99th percentile so again right up at the top you know when he when he puts the ball in play you're expecting him to get a hit um mm-hmm. he's he's uh, up in the top 97th percentile for um, barrel percentage, which means when he's when he is making contact, he's hitting it in the sweet spot, and he's he's hitting the ball your way the way you want to hit a baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, his walk percentage 98th percentile, so he's doing a fantastic job of um, you know seeing pitches as they come in, you know knowing when to work the walk. I I made note yesterday. I noticed um, I don't remember what the exact numbers are, um, but he was walking as much as he was striking out. And actually, I think he got a walk yesterday, so I believe it's now higher. He's walking more than he's striking out of the plate. So, I mean, right now, yeah, right now you are seeing a, a Bryce Harper that um, we haven't seen before. I, I'm taking a look at his numbers compared to seasons before. Um, you know, those numbers that I mentioned to you, they're all mm-hmm. number, all higher than any numbers um, you know he's had at any point in his career. Wow. Now it is early. I mean, we are – what three in the season? Yeah, um, but just to be off that to that massive of a start, I mean, how yeah, because his MVP year was he was crazy. He hit like what forty two home runs at that season as MVP mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if he can be better than that, that would be amazing. I, I know there was there was talk of of maybe this is a MVP year uh, for Bryce Harper. This is earlier in the winter, uh, and then we didn't really talk about him much. As far as being an MVP candidate in our first uh, episode, uh, did we possibly short shrift our own right fielder? Could be, could be. I think we were both of the same mind that 
he was an all-star caliber player and, you know, is, will be for, you know, quite a few more years now. Uh, but I don't think either one of us saw, um, you know, an, an MVP type season, maybe right on the cusp, you know, get a couple, you know, top 10 votes, but I don't think either one of us saw it being, you know, um, a legitimate shot. And again, early, but, mm-hmm. you know, keeping up at least, you know, some of these numbers or, you know, a high percentage of them, it's talk about a guy that can carry an offense. You know, it's, it's a shame that, you know, guys in a lot of cases aren't getting one ahead of him or, you know, aren't setting him up, you know, for the big moments, but it, just think of yesterday. I mean, yes, they, they ended up winning, but, you know, he hit that solo home run, I believe, with two outs. So, you know, neither of the guys ahead of him were able to get on to, you know, have it be a two-run home run or a three-run home run, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he still went up there, did the job, you know, got tied the team up, the team on his back, and, you know, set things up later. Uh, I think he walked in the ninth ahead of um, ahead of Nat to set up that walk-off. So it's, you know, he he clearly is, is doing something right. Um, I don't know if anything changed over the offseason, maybe – you know, working on his back like he did help things out. But yeah, we um yeah, we seem to be on a pretty good path right now too. Yeah, I've, I have one more question with, with Harper and we can we can move on. Um do you think the Phillies would need to make the playoffs or at least be in the running for a playoffs to for him to possibly um if we get to that point win an MVP? Because um, I know, you know Ryan Howard won an MVP in 07, uh, and there was a lot of, um, not hate, but I remember Pujols was, was mad about it because we weren't, we weren't uh, no, it was, he won in 06, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. when he won the MVP in 06, I know there was a lot of uh, uh, fuss about it. You know, I, know, I remember Albert Pujols being upset uh, that a guy from a non-playoff team uh, won the MVP. How much do you think uh, that matters you know, I know we're, I know we're a ways off. It's only the end of April, but um, just to play devil, as devil's advocate, how much do you think that would matter? Yeah, to me, it's um, it sh- shouldn't be a huge deal. Um, but you have to remember the people that are voting on this are, I think, still of an old school mindset. So, you know, they're going to see the if the Phillies were to not make the playoffs and Bryce keeps up you know, numbers like this, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt him. I think in that vote count, again, I don't know that it should, but it probably would. Um, what should be looked at more? I mean, are the statistics. I mean, is this guy, again, case in point yesterday, he came up in a, in a situation, you know, he can't, he can't do anything about um, McCutcheon and Reese not getting one ahead of him. You know, he can't go up there and bat for them. Mm-hmm. And yet he still came up and, and hit that home run in a big spot. So, you know, how do you, how do you account for that? If you know, the team or how do you, how do I, how can you take away from a guy because the people around him aren't performing? You know, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, um, yeah, I get he, it. He can only do so much at the plate. And, and mm-hmm. I, 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 it might be fair to, at least consider that, you know, let's say he has the same numbers, him and I don't know, someone else in the, let's say him and someone else in, you know, Freddie Freeman, perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say they put up the exact same numbers. Braves make the playoffs. Phillies don't. In that mm-hmm. case, they probably give it to Freddie Freeman. Um, and I think in a case like that, if their numbers are so similar, 
and one team makes the playoffs and one team doesn't, then I could see giving it to Freddie Freeman, but that's just on pure um, yeah. whatever word you want to use. It's um, Yeah, I, I have some thoughts and I have some opinions, but I, I will save that for hopefully the end, end of the season or towards the end of the season when, when uh, hopefully it is a thing. Hopefully uh, Harper is in the MVP race and I will share my opinions because uh, I, I, I do think we have we can have a more lengthy discussion about this. For sure, um, for sure. Hopefully later on in the season. Yeah, yeah, let's do that because there, there is a lot to, to talk about there. Um, so just to wrap things up for this episode before we before we close things down, there is one more thing I want to get to. Uh, Bob, just just tell me if you can hear this as I um, back away from the microphone. Let me know how this Let's go, Phillies. Let's go, Phillies. Was that, did that come off as difficult to you? Did that come off as painful in any way? What, what are your thoughts on what I just did there? I mean, I would probably do that, do that at like a Flyers game or I a Sixers knew. game. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, I, you know how I feel about the wave at at. You Bob love it, Michigan. yeah. No, I no I, don't don't lie to people. You love it. I was so happy yesterday because I watched people in the upper uh, right field area trying to start the wave, and they got like a section or two over. It wasn't working. It died, and I smiled. I was so happy that they didn't get it going. Yeah, it was for people listening uh, who know Andrew well, or people who don't know Andrew well. Um, you know, people and people like people. Some people like to make fun of people when they fall down. Uh, Andrew likes making fun of people when they can't pull off a wave. Um, <laughs> that's that's his joy in life. Um, it's just like. He loves sunshine and rainbows. He loves when people can't get the wave started at, at baseball games. It is the most asinine thing to do at a game when your team... I will excuse it if the team is down by like 10 runs and it's just miserable and you're there's just no hope this left. This is my DH argument, but just... I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to do some laundry or something. I'll try to keep it short and sweet because there's a more major point I want to make here. But anyway, save the wave for when the Phillies are down like 15 to 3 against whatever team it's going to be. Anyway... I think it was the Friday night game against the Cardinals. And it might have been because these guys were right up against the field mic or whatever they had going on. Mm-hmm. All you heard almost the entire game was the Eagles chant. And I'm not even going to do it because I don't want to do it. Uh, I'm not – I I don't – I hardly watch NFL anymore. And even when I did, I wasn't an Eagles fan. So take that for what it's worth. You know, maybe I'm just being a curmudgeon. But old man, you're the clowns. If you're going to go to a Phillies game, don't – Start an Eagles chant. If you start an Eagles chant at a Phillies game, I your fan card should be revoked. I'm sorry. If you participate, your fan card's revoked. You're not a Phillies fan. And when they win, I don't want you to be a part of it. I I, I hate it. If you're gonna go to a Phillies game, watch the team play, support them when they're you know doing well, and if they're if they're down, boo them, whatever. But how hard is it to do what I just did? Because I've seen the argument where Oh well, the Phillies don't have a cool chant, or they don't have you know whatever. I don't care. Make up your own. Be creative. Do something, or just go with the Phillies chant. Boo the team. Cheer. Whatever. If you're starting an Eagles chant at a Phillies game, it's just, in my opinion, it's disrespectful. I mean, the players that are on the field that hear that, and when it is because in that Cardinals game, you know, I if it was the game I'm thinking of, whatever it was that you know, it was still a close game. It wasn't like the team was getting blown out or anything like that. So. It's just 
cheer for the team you're there watching. You know, the pitcher on the mound, the guy at the at the plate. You know, they're gonna be thinking, these guys don't care about me. You know what? I'm. You're not gonna feel the need to put any more effort into your game when you're hearing, you know, these fans cheering for a team, a that's not even playing, and b from all I understand, is not going to be very good for a few years to come, you know, with everything going on. So it just, which makes it even worse. So when, you know, when they won the, um, I almost said World Series, when they won the Super Bowl in in 17, um, I get it. You know, there's a ton of excitement coming off of that. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it is what it is. Right now, I mean, come on. And, Again, I add all these caveats. I'm I'm not an NFL fan. I wasn't even an Eagles fan. You know, I'm bleed Phillies red through and through, which technically everybody does. But um, I I just can't stand it. I I it's it's disrespectful. I feel like it's almost disrespectful to me as someone there trying to watch watch the Phillies and enjoy this yeah. team that I can't pay for. And well, well, Andrew, I I am against you on the wave. I think the wave is fun. Um, but I, I am with you on this. Um, I, I love all uh, sports, particularly mm-hmm. all four teams. Um, but it, it annoys me because it happens not just for these games, it happens with the Flyers games and Sixers mm-hmm. games. It's just annoying and I hate it. Um, probably the largest fan base in the city are the Eagles. Uh, so I get it. There's, there's more, there's flat out more Eagles fans than there are fans of any other three sports. Uh, in the city, especially when uh, their teams aren't doing as great. Um, you know, the Eagles could be bottom of the barrel and still uh, sell at the stadium uh, just because of the fans. And um, But yeah, I, I, I agree. I Keep the Eagles chants um, away. Just keep them for Eagles games. Um, although I did hear some Fire Howie chants, which I can't argue with. <laughs> Yeah, there was uh, yeah there was Fire not... Howie, and I think there was a an F the Cowboys um, thing going on. So. Oh, well, I mean F the Cowboys. That's that's a uh, that's <laughs> something everyone you can, can agree on. You can, yeah, everybody can agree on. Everybody <laughs> loves to hate the Cowboys. So that's, yeah. yeah, yeah. I so just I, um, cool with that. Yeah, like I said, it's just I it, well okay. You know we're we're probably spending too much time on this, so I will leave. You we are, with but this. I love your passion. I will leave I will leave this conversation with this. If you partake in an Eagles chant at a Phillies game, I have lost all respect for you. <laughs> I have lost all respect for you. I I just no thank you. Um so for the actual end of our show here, uh let's look ahead as we have already, but we'll look ahead at the upcoming series the Phillies have. As we said, they they go out to Colorado for three games and then Get to play the San Francisco Giants once again, and then we're done with them for the season. Um, really? Yeah. Well, it's it, I, it's off the top of my head. I believe that's how it works. Every non-division oh, wow. opponent, you just play um, series at home and a series on the road. So that'll be it for for San Fran for the year. And it's it's pretty funny. We'll be done with them, and we haven't played I a game to against San Fran to see a game one day. That seems like a yeah. nice ballpark yeah. out there. Um, but yeah, we haven't played the Nationals or the Marlins yet, and I think it's pretty funny we'll be done with San Fran. But um, so yes, yeah, so as I said, uh, Vince Velasquez gets the start in Friday's game, which could be interesting with the amount of offense that can take uh, that can happen in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get Aaron Nola, fresh off of his first complete game. 
shutout. He will get uh-huh. the start in that Saturday game, an 8 o'clock Eastern game. And then we wrap up Sunday with Chase Anderson um, going in that afternoon game. So, um, and then, yeah, as I said from there, they, uh, wait a minute. Better go to St. Louis. I'm looking at it now. They go to St. Louis. Wow. Andrew <laughs> messed up. Wow, what was I looking at? What if they were going to? Wow. I, I, well, I, I, was, I was with you all the way. And, uh, yeah, then I, I looked at the schedule. Yeah, they are off to St. Louis. Well, uh, it's, it's funny because I, I have my phone out right now because this is how I'm you know, looking at who the starting pitchers are. And I click ahead to, to Monday, April 26th, and I see Cardinals. I'm like, hold on. Are they, are they making up a game? What's going on here? Wow, I... Wow, I apologize. I apologize to the fans. <laughs> I, I apologize think... to the people. Yeah, I apologize um, for this. I don't apologize for the people who I've lost respect for for <laughs> doing the Eagles game at a Philly, or Eagles shade at a Phillies game. Uh, so yes, the Phillies go to play the St. Louis Cardinals uh, for the second uh, set of games on this road trip. Zach Wheeler starts game one and a seven forty five Eastern start, and then as of now, Tuesday and Wednesday's game, we do not know the starters. Mm-hmm. Assuming Tuesday will be uh, Eflin, and then Wednesday. Would either be Velasquez or, you know, depending on how Friday's game goes, could be um, Spencer Howard. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so any, uh, you know, last time you made a prediction on a road trip, uh, as we recapped in our last episode, it didn't go too uh, well. I think I nailed it. I think I nailed it. <laughs> so uh, any, uh, any prediction for this uh, six-game trip? Or is it uh, seven and I'm wrong again? I, I think, hold on, let me look, because it's your... It is seven. Wow. Um, Wrong again. Wow. I call myself a Phillies game. Seven game trip. Three games in Colorado. Four games in St. Louis. <laughs> What's <right>. your prediction? So, my prediction for the seven game road trip um, is um, four and three. Um, I just I think it's very hard. Uh, four game series are very hard. Uh, usually, it's a split, or it's hopefully maybe they can get three out of one. But I think they might split this, um, and I think they get two out of three in Colorado. Um, so I'm going to say four and three on the road trip. Okay. Andrew, yeah. Um, so yeah, looking at that Colorado series, I. I don't have high hopes for that Friday game, but you do have Nola and um, who'd we say? Uh, oh, Chase Anderson's going on the Sunday game. So you have to chalk the Nola up, Nola game up to a win. And I'd like to think they could take one of the other two. Uh, Colorado is. It's, it's such a wild card. They're, they're six and 12, but I, I, I'm really hoping that they pull off a win um, the Friday, Saturday, because Sunday. It's uh, Chase Anderson, who we talked about, doesn't get deep in the games. He's only lasted mm-hmm. to the fifth once. And he's up against uh, Sonny Gray, who has an ERA of 2-4-5 uh, right now. So that's going to be a tough matchup. Um, so I'm hoping they can kind of squeak two, the two wins in on the Friday-Saturday. Um, but uh, And then I feel fairly confident with St. Louis. We, we did have a good battle this this past weekend, and we took two out of three. Um, so I, I'm very confident we can at least split. Um, or who knows, we, we maybe we take three out of four, which would be awesome. 
Um, yeah, um, you know what? Right now, as I think about it, I'm leaning. Um, I think they go one and two in Colorado because I that ballpark just is so frustrating to me, and I can see mm-hmm. them, you know, losing a couple on some annoying things. But yeah, I I actually like the sound of three out Give of four. Give a dinosaur in, to have. Oh, I hate the mascot. I, hate the mascot. <laughs> I like the sound of three out of four in St. Louis. Um, like Ooh, you said, wow. we, were just, we were just able to take two out of three, and I think we've fared well in in St. Louis over the last couple of years. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I will agree with four and three on this road trip. I think, um, I think you had two wins in each series. I'm going with one win against the Rockies and then three from St. Louis and we'll see. Okay. We could both be very wrong, but, um, I Let's guess hope not. Yeah. I guess you'll have to tune in next week to find out, uh, our reactions on that. Uh, so thank you everyone for listening. Um, if you followed us on social media at all, you've seen that we're, Branching out more and more, um, there are plans to expand onto other social media platforms and onto other uh, websites that you may listen to uh, podcast on. Uh, so keep an eye out, an eye out for that. Uh, Bob, yeah. any uh, any last thoughts on here? Um, you know what I once again I said this every I think I say this every week, but I'm so glad baseball is back, <laughs> uh, especially a full season. Yeah, uh, last year sucked. Um, you know, I am just hey Bryce Harper, uh, JT Ruto, uh, offense is coming. Just bring in scoop hug, scoop hug. Um, let's let's hit the ball. Let's get on base. Let's hit the ball. We talked about how good of a lineup this is early on, and you're not doing that consistently. Can you just please, just please? Bob, I'm going to do something controversial here, and I'm going to agree. I would also like the Phillies to hit more. I think that Ooh. might lead to some more wins. I'm just saying. I'm wow. just saying. We I think just, it's. I think it could work. Galaxy brain here. We're both <laughs> just like, woo! <laughs> well, yes. Once again, thank you, everyone, who is tuned in and listening and helping to support us by um, you know, sharing our posts. We appreciate it. Uh, so I will, leave, I will leave us with... Um, you know, just again, just yes, just so everybody understands what they could do at a Phillies game instead of what they are doing. Let's go, Phillies! Let's go, Phillies!